Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Lopez wants it away. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Hello, Mets fans. Welcome back to another edition of Believe in the Mets right here in the Believe Podcast Networks and, of course, on the Believe in the Mets YouTube channel if you're watching us on YouTube. If you haven't already done so, obviously like the video, but make sure you subscribe. You never want to miss a video. You never want to miss an episode of the number one Mets podcast there is in all of the internet. I'm Nick Durst, and right now, this time of year, typically... I get very excited. Oh, spring training, I can't wait. It's going to be such a great season for the Mets. Not getting those vibes this year. I'm dreading spring training. Um, like, whatever. I'm, I'm not ready for baseball seasons to start at this point because I'm disappointed with the Mets and their lackluster offseason so far. And I think there's a lot of holes in this team. The bullpen is a mess. Obviously, they lose David Robertson. He's a big loss. Adovino is not with the team right now as well. The starting rotation, I'm very worried. All these guys having coming off awful career career worst years, like Severino, like Hauser, like Manaya, who was in the bullpen, and now we have to bank on them to be starting pitchers and, and do well. And the DH position and just the offense in general, I'm very skeptical here, putting all my cards in one basket and hoping Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos are, are silver sluggers this year. The Mets, they need some solutions. They need to figure out some solutions here. And nobody better to join me to talk about solutions than Mark Simon from Sports Info, Info Solutions. Mark, thank you so much for joining the show. If David Stearns called you up, you called the office, he said, hey, Mark, I need you. I need you on my analytics team. What, what what are you gonna say? And he and he just says, "What should I do right now with the rest of the soft season? What what advice are you gonna give him?" Uh, well, first, I would ask him if I could join Jay Horowitz and be the team historian uh, or co-historian because uh, I think that my area of expertise lies as much in that sort of thing as it does uh, in the analytics and solutions, as you mentioned. Uh, if I was David Stearns right now, I think the first thing I would be trying to do would be. Uh, to upgrade the bullpen. I think that's pretty obvious. I think a lot of people have talked about it. They don't really have an eighth inning guy at this point. You can hope, you can wish that I suppose some of these guys could emerge, whether it's, I don't think it's Bickford. Maybe it's Drew Smith. Um, maybe it's Jorge Lopez. Maybe it's Michael Tonkin. It's also volatile out there. You'd like to add some, like, uh, a kind of a more known commodity, whether that's an Ottavino type or whoever. So I think my first uh, suggestion would be there. My next one would probably be to add another starting pitcher so that because at some point during the season, someone's going to go down. So you're going to need innings from somewhere. You're not necessarily going to get 120 or more from every one of those guys that you've got in your top five. Uh, so I would think that way. I I don't that doesn't mean Blake Snell. Um, I'm not 
that much of a fan of a guy that walks as many batters as he does, but I think I would start there. Other than that, I don't know. It seems like they're playing for the sixth seed. That's my biggest takeaway from the offseason. And as someone like a lot of teams seem to be doing that, and I don't know that I'm uh, that enthusiastic about watching teams try to do that. Yeah, I think pretty much the Mets roster is set. Maybe they had a really low level reliever at this point. I thought they were maybe could have maybe targeted like a Kyle McHugh before he retired the other day. I thought he would have been good. I thought the guy they really should have gotten and you shouldn't have left last year was Seth Lugo. I thought he would have been great in the rotation. He got a nice deal for himself. And really, they're set. They're they're really not playing for this year. David Stearns can say that he thinks they're going to be in the playoffs. I don't see it. You have a rookie manager who is coming off the bench of the bang, the bench coach for the Yankees who had their worst season in 30 years. So I don't, I still don't understand how he ended up being the top candidate for the job. I don't know how the Mets are better this year with Mendoza than they would be with Buck Showalter, but obviously they're going with the first time manager so that the manager can grow with the team. Cause that's the only thing I can think of. They don't really care about this year. Buck Showalter, I think maybe he could have scraped this team into the playoffs I mean, they were only, what, a handful of games off the Diamondbacks last year making the playoffs. And maybe if they didn't throw the towel in so early and, and tra- make all the trades, maybe if they just kept on to Verlander or they kept Robertson, it could have been a different story. Who knows? But this team, I said it to my friends when I was at the game. I've said it this podcast many times, dating back to the wild card series against the Padres. In that last game, I said, if the Mets don't make changes next year, offensively, I'm not going to go to a game. This team is not going to make the playoffs. I didn't go to a game. They didn't make the playoffs. They had the same <laughs> roster. They, oh, Omar Escobar, great September. Yeah, he was gone in April. And they just didn't, they can't score enough runs. And they're going back into next year. They're going to next year with this pretty much the same roster offensively, except for the fact that you're adding Harrison Bader, who has not played over 100 games in years. And when he does, Mark, He's like at best, what a 240, 250 hitter. So, right. I don't, where's the offense coming from? Um, we can talk I, about the and starting pitching soon, but are we really going to be able to say, don't worry about the offense because Sterling Marte is healthy this year? <laughs> All right. So, where is the offense coming from? I think one, uh, it starts with Jeff McNeil being better, which, if you look at his last 55, 60 games last year, he was. Uh, he was significantly better than he was in the early part of the season. I think the offense comes from Lindor, who was uh, really like his season's weird because his season was very little until things got bad. And then his season was great the rest of the way. So you would hope that that comes next year. I think the offense comes from Alonzo. I think that's obvious. We don't need to necessarily go too deep there on that. Uh, I think the offense comes from Alvarez. You do have to uh, figure that these are guys, whether it's Alvarez or Beatty, and those I think are, are the two that I would pinpoint. These are guys that people believed in for a reason. So I think, and the projections on Beatty in particular are pretty good uh, going into this season from the folks on uh, the folks that do them on fan graphs, the, the steamer folks. Uh, and I think his uh, zips ones are pretty good too. Um, so I think, and I think the offense comes from Nimo and I think the offense, you do hope for, you know, something decent from Marte, but that's not a given, but I'm, I'm talking improvements from 
uh, McNeil, full year from Lindor of, of consistent good play, better second year guys. Um, and I'll say this too. You said you think the roster is set. I think because of the volatility of things this off season with, if you look at the top 50 free agents in like MLB trade rumors, their list, and there being still like 20 guys available, I don't. I think they've got at least one more move in them of significance. I don't have any idea what it is. Like, I don't think it's Matt Chapman or anything yeah. like that. I but, thought a move of significance they should have done was yep. what the Brewers just did, and that's sign Rice Hoskins, like Hoskins. a two-year yeah. deal, 16, 17 million a year. That's nothing for the Mets. And I know that you're not about this year. You're saying, but if you get him to that two-year deal, he's on the cheap for the following year. He's probably you could probably lock him up for 30 home runs. You need that backup first baseman. I don't know who's in the backup first baseman right now. I guess Vientos. And you could have had him DH. That's what I would have done. I thought that would have been a perfect move. I would love to see them go with Cody Bellinger. Sure, it's not going to happen. But that they got I think they need to do something a little different here. I think what will help offensively is having Eric Chavez be the hitting coach again. I think it was so stupid of the previous regime to make him bench coach where he was great at the hitting coach. And I don't think he was really that qualified to be the bench coach. And it showed that the Mets were unprepared in a lot of games in those scenarios where the season before Glenn Sherlock was right there with Buck, having them ready on the base pets and whatnot as the bench coach. So that, that was a, a weird move. He's back to hitting coach. And I think that's great for McNeil, who won the batting title under him. Nimmo, who had a career year going to free agency. And that's, you have to just, it's just a lot of hope here. And I'm done right. hoping. <laughs> I, I'm agreeing. I'm I, I, what, what do you think, Mark? Well, what happens, the age of Twitter and TikTok has uh, lowered attention spans and increased impatience. And I, uh, you, you say you're done. There was, two years ago, they were really, really, really good. Two years ago, they had a team that, that you thought could win the World Series. Um, last year, a, lo a lot of what went right two years ago didn't. And they still return... Uh, a good chunk of of that roster. I don't think they're going to be um, like, I don't think they're going to be embarrassed. I think they're right there. I think I said this. They're right there for the sixth seed. They're going to add a piece that'll probably add a few winning percentage points that could make a difference here or there because that sixth spot is going to be a really tight race as it is going to be every year because you're going to have all these teams that are going to be right around 81, 82, 83 wins. And as the Diamondbacks showed last year, just get in. And you never know what could happen. And um, I would tell a Met fan, uh, I think that you have a right to be unhappy and dissatisfied with the offseason, but don't judge it till it is complete. And don't necessarily let that ruin your perspective going into 2024, because there is still some good on this roster. And yeah, the pitching staff is annoying right now, but maybe it gets better with a, a signing or a deal or two. Well, Mark, you're very positive. I, on the other hand, I'm negative Nick, and I, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this now. Well, like I said, I always look forward to the season. This year, I'm not because it all started with firing Buck. Didn't like that. You hire Mendoza. You get as many Yankees as you can. That just annoys the fan base. You couldn't get Yamamoto. They tried. You didn't. You weren't in Otani. Every year, you hear the Mets are going to go after the big free agent. They didn't get. They didn't go after Judge last year. We'll see about Juan Soto next year. I don't know why Juan Soto would come to a team if they're not making the playoffs. We'll see there. But 
you know, you talk about the Mets adding. I think 2024 is going to be uncompetitive. I think a fire sale is coming at the trade deadline. <laughs> because, again, none, none of these guys are Stern's guys, okay? He wants to evaluate. He wants to make moves. I think if the Mets, at, let's say the trade deadline, they're like, you know, a game or two within 500 either way. I think they're more likely to sell or stay put than they are to buy. So I think that if 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 Stearns can find a taker for Jeff McNeil, he'll he'll, he'll deal him because you know they 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 acquired all these shortstops at the trade deadline last year. They they want Acuna <laughs> to play. They want Williams to play. I think that for some reason David Stearns is not a big fan of Brandon Nimmo. No one's going to trade for him for a seven year deal, but. You know, he's making all these confusing comments. Like, are, is is Nemo playing left field with Bader? He's like, oh, we're, we have to work it out. We, we, we can't commit to that yet. What was that all about? So I get a feeling like Stern doesn't <laughs> like a lot of these guys. And the big the big thing here uh, is that I think that Pete Alonzo, I think he's very likely to be traded this season because uh, I think Stearns is a guy where he sees like, you know, if we can get something for this guy, I want to get something for this guy, bring some prospects back. And I think at that point, like, you know, he people always say, I'll trade him and then resign him. That always happened once in my memory with Araldus Chapman. So I think if you if you trade Alonzo, you got to be ready for the PR hit that's coming with that. Because the fans, they, if they haven't already done so, turned on David Stearns. If he trades Pete Alonzo, the, the media is going to – the fans, I mean – no one's going to come to the games as is already this year, but forget about the second half of the season with the media. I don't know if David Stearns can handle that, but you're shaking your head. You're laughing. It seems like you don't think the Mets are going to trade any of these guys. What, I, I what think, you think you have a lot of, you have a lot of hot takes and it's January, right? Like it's, it's not March. It's not March 30th. It's January 25th when we're talking here. Um, I think you are correct in that David Stearns does not have a sentimental attachment to any person on this team. That said, I think he understands as someone that grew up as a fan of the team uh, that trading Pete Alonso would be uh, viewed as a massive negative unless he got immediate, highly competent major current regular major league players or got the very top prospect in all of baseball, like Jackson Holiday or something of that ilk. And for that, like uh, for that, I think he will. They will in the end. Steve Cohen's not stupid when it comes to something like this. Steve Cohen understands the implications of trading Alonzo. They're not trading Pete Alonzo. I refuse to believe it. I will believe it the day that it is done. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. I can understand the idea of want, not wanting to give him eight or nine years because of the aggressive nature in which he plays in the field, uh, and you know the fact that he uh, slides and dives all over the place for balls. Combined with the fact that he gets hit by a lot of pitches, you do worry uh, about injury there. And just his build in general is is something where you would say anyone with that build is probably a little bit more conducive to certain types of injuries. But at the same time, he's still got a, a good number of good years in him. 
Um, he's, not, he's, not a hall, he's not a Hall of Fame path right now. I mean, it'd be, it'd be really yeah. uh, rough to, to exactly. To that, and that's why I think they're not going to trade him. Um, Jeff McNeil would be an interesting one because his contract kicks in, uh, or his contract kicked in essentially last year, uh, and and now the numbers start to get a little hefty for him. I'm of the belief that Jeff McNeil is going to hit this year. Maybe yeah. not 326. Maybe uh, in the 290s with a high on base. Um, I am not particularly concerned about him. I think he will be better. Uh, I think they will find a place for Acuna to play. Uh, I don't know necessarily where that place will be. Things happen. Guys get hurt. Guys go into slumps. You try things. You, you try new positions. All sorts of things could happen there. I think center field is very much up for grabs. Um, I don't necessarily think that David Stearns has something against Nimmo. Uh, I think David Stearns looked at the defensive numbers for the Mets over the last couple of seasons and looked particularly uh, at the defensive numbers in center field and saw someone that uh, at times made some very impressive defensive plays, uh, but he often... And maybe this is this is opinion. This is slightly with some data that we have at SIS. I think he made certain plays look better than they would have been for other center fielders, um, and and he missed a fair number of balls as the season got got worse. It seemed like he missed more balls. Um, and I think you put him in left field, he immediately turns into a positive defensive value left fielder. Sure, right. And you're Stern putting was, a guy in center. Stern was, if he's healthy, he's really good. About playing Nimmo in left field, though. He was asked, is Brandon Nimmo going to pull left field this year? He's like, oh, Yeah, because well, they probably haven't had conversations field. about that. Like, And they haven't necessarily set the roster yet. You don't know who yeah, else they might get. And you pay him over $10 million. You got to assume... Maybe Nimmo is going to play right. I mean, I don't know what the what's the mystery here, <laughs> right? He's 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 going to play somewhere probably that isn't center. Um, and the and the Bader thing is the idea that you want to be really good defensively in center field. And if he's healthy and if he's right, uh, in theory, he should be pretty good uh, in center field. Um, now that's run prevention. Uh, you're hoping that you're, you're that. You're hoping essentially by playing him and accepting the minus that his bat is that the defense is good enough that it turns Severino and Hauser and Quintana and all these guys and it bumps their ERAs down uh, a notch. And that's the essentially the risk that they're playing. We can talk about theoretical run save. We can talk about actual run mm -hmm. save. If Harrison Bader's really good, he's going to save a lot of runs practically. Like he's going to make if, catches. If that, right. If he's not hurt. So uh, it's so funny that I'm giving you the positive spin on this, because if you ask anyone in my family, they would tell you that I'm an extremely negative person when it comes to evaluating uh, professional sports teams in New York. Uh, so market, I'm just I'm hearing a lot of F's. <laughs> right. I, and, and I think that's fair. There are, you, you think they're like a 76, 77 win team. Yeah. I think they're probably like an 83 win team. And I would actually tell you, I don't know that there's that much of a difference. There's a very small difference between 77 and 83. 83 is a few wins in the bottom of the ninth on bad hop hits and bloops that fall in. And 77 is what you saw last year where well, it I just mean, seemed it, like it, everything it, went wrong. It's great that DS is back, but like I can't envision him ever getting the ball with the lead. I think the, the bullpen is trash. Uh, like I said, the stars are rough. So I don't. It, Brady's back. How are they getting the ball to him? He could get his 27, 30 saves, but I don't think it's going to be much of an impact this year unless you're building out a Super Bowl pen. And I think my last thing on the trade deadline here, Mark, is I think my hope here for this season, the best thing I could hope for 
is that they're able to trade Luis Severino and Adrian Hauser and <laughs> draw Manaya and maybe get some relievers. That's that's my only that's the best hope, my best case scenario I could think coming out of this season. That's rough. I I, I think you need a little more optimism than that. And I would say this about Severino and people aren't going to like this. Um, Severino is a trust the process uh, kind of move. There's something there's, it doesn't make sense necessarily to sign a guy that had the numbers that he had uh, last year without believing or without knowing that there was something that you think that you can do that will make that guy the pitcher that he was in 2022 when his ERA was low threes, when he struck out 10 batters per nine, uh, when he was very, very good. I don't know what that is there. I, I presume their director of pitching or whatever the equivalent position is in their organization has some thoughts on that. And I, I think that it's a trust the process uh, kind of move. Um, I think Hauser is kind of a, a, you know, fill out the rotation kind of guy and Mania they like because at the end of the season, Manaya added a sweeper and was a much better pitcher than he was at the start of the season. And they're they're saying off of that, if we can get that that version of that guy for 120 to 130 innings, we're going to be happy with that. Mm, we'll see. That's so, that's that's painting the organizational I picture. I have, I have low expectations for the season. You're thinking they might be in the hunt. They could be competitive, like David Stern says. I got to see if they can add to this roster before I can even get in hold. Or I need to see that in April, late April, that Drew Gilbert and Acuna, Luis Angel Acuna, are in the majors along with like a Mike Vassell or a Blade Tidwell pitching-wise, and they're just dominating as rookies. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If they, they, I feel like I'd be surprised if these guys are coming up early this season because obviously still got the Super 2s and stuff, but the longer you hold them out, if it's not really – Look at last year. That you don't think that it would have been a worth the shot calling up Ryan Mauricio in May instead of waiting till September. Uh, yeah, nothing to lose there. But that was more, you know, selfishness, egoish in the way of Billy Epler telling Buck Showalter, "Hey, listen, we're gonna bat Bill back fifth every day." Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I, I think I'm I think your hope there is like if I told you if I told you that Beatty was gonna hit like. 260 and slug 420 and play a credible third base, yeah. you'd be like, oh, that's that's another win or two, you know, added to the ledger. Sure. Uh, um, and that's, and you don't have the confidence that, that. We got a, the best week you're hoping for right now is Beatty could be a 260 hitter when we were hoping he was going to be up here batting 280, hitting 28 home runs, and it doesn't that's seem an, to be the case. The, pro, the problem with the great rookies is that they place great expectations on every other rookie that comes up. Right. Like the whole idea is of great rookies is that they're special. Um, and you're going to have more Brett Beatty's and your two twelves and three twenty sluggings than you are your uh, other guys. Yeah. The I'm looking at fit, the Fingress projection right now for steamer is a 740 OPS for Brett Beatty with 15 home runs in 400 plate appearances. How many errors to, so. <laughs> uh, they rate him as a, they rate him as a grade average, uh, yeah. as a zero defensive player. Oh, yeah. So just that, you know, no wins above replacement. He is just, yeah, well, they have one and a half. That's, that's one not bad. Half. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, he's out of five. Like, the Mets are going to be in the playoffs. They're going to need more than 15 home runs for Brett Beatty. If he's going to play every day. I mean, this is, let's not forget. This is a guy that got sent back to triple A last year. 
So he he did. He was also a first round pick. He was the number twelve pick overall. He was he was hitting great in AAA. There's Don't there's there's something there. Like let's yeah. think about, How about this. Mark Do I got to hear about his exit velo again? Ah, uh, I can't. Yes, yeah, so, okay. So I'm not as much of a believer in him. But if we were gonna if we were gonna try and get the Mets, like if you wanted to get them to. Um, to 83 84 wins the that kind of roster generally needs in some like 30 to 35 wins above replacement um like history kind of shows so you're like all right how do you get to 30 to 35 wins above replacement well you got to have your five guys and your lindor is a five guy right nimmo in left field where he's going to be better defensively He's potentially a five guy. Alonzo could be a five guy and McNeil could be a five guy. Maybe that's a little high for him. Maybe he's a four, but that's four guys right there. Lindor can't be, you know, a nothing April through July. And then all of a sudden shove August, September and make his numbers. Right. And it sequence matters. Absolutely. But I'm giving you those four guys and I'm getting you more than halfway to the number that you need on the pitching staff. Senga could be a five guy. We saw that last year. And now what you need out of Quintana, Severino, Hauser, if you've gotten your what I I lost track of what the number is, but we're in like we're right, we're in like the mid mid twenties right now. If 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 one of those guys is really good, he would probably be like what a four, um, and then essentially you're hoping for I would suppose like a three, a two, and a one uh, out of the others, and that gets you a little bit closer. Now, what you really need, I say that you need thirty to thirty-five, but you're inevitably going to play some guys that suck, um, and those are going to be your minus guys. So you need a little more than thirty to thirty-five. That's where Diaz comes in. Diaz is a two to a three. Um, that's where a good Beatty comes in. He's potentially a two to a three. Francisco Alvarez, with his great pitch framing, if he can figure out how to keep uh, to to deter base runners a little bit. He's a two to a three. Marte, if he's healthy, is a if he's great, he's a five. If he's not, he's a one. Um, yeah. Interesting way to think about that. Uh, right. I, it, that, yeah. I used to I used to write this article for ESPN.com each year, like uh, for like two or three years, and it's a fun exercise to just kind of sit there and be like, boy, I, I hope he's a five. Boy, I hope he's a four. And it kind of makes it more clear in my mind that that they're an eighty three win team than and that it's at least feasible. Like we're not asking Joey Wendell to be a four. We're asking mm. Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell might Joey be getting Wendell... a lot of a lot of playing time. That's a Joey... that's a minor thing, but like. Is Joey Wendell so much of an improvement over Luis Guillorme? I guess maybe he's going to play outfield. I I, th- I I would like to see Luis Guillorme not go to the Braves. He's going to kill the Mets this year, just like Travis <laughs> Arnaud always did. See, those are things that you can't measure, but you're, it's fair to be uh, worried about something like that. Joey Wendell's a one, though. On a good day, Joey Wendell's a one. On a bad day, he's a zero. So, um, And then Narvaez. Maybe Narvaez uh, hits. Maybe Alvarez doesn't hit. Narvaez does. Maybe they trade enough- Narvaez and they bring Maybe. back Tomas Nito again. Right. Oh, but, but my point is that yeah. there's enough there that you can at least think that 35 yeah. I just think and 83 wins. It's going to take a lot of guys who are going to have to have career years in order, especially on the pitching end of things, in order for things to shake out. Hope I'm wrong. Uh, we'll see what happens. Mark, last thing here. Yep. What year do you anticipate the Mets returning to the playoffs? Uh, I uh, I would think they'll be back at the playoffs in 25. I think they'll go uh, they'll go aggressive. They, I think they they will prefer the free agent market of 25. I don't think that Steve 
Cohen has the patience to sit through more than two bad years in a row, whether this year is a bad year or not. Uh, I think 25 is realistic. I don't think 24 is impossible, though. All right. I think it's going to depend on when and who the next manager of the team is. That's my prediction for the Mets. Uh, next <laughs> year, all, so you've already you've already gone to the All Star break with trades. You've yep. already gone to the next manager. You're a tough fan. Yeah, because here's the thing: the next off season is is tremendous. Like they need, they should they should go get go get Juan Soto if they can, sign Alonzo, bring Rookie back Zach Suzaki. Wheeler. Zach Wheeler, Corbin Burns is out there. Right, so they, they could switch things up real quick. That then yep. it also, it also depends on the player development, but also I don't know if Carlos Mendoza is the right guy for the job. But the thing is, all those free agents, Mark, if they got the option to come to the Mets, who in my opinion are not not really a competitive team this year, it's all about the money. Or well, no, because look, if if the Mets are offered the same money as the Yankees. Or the Dodgers, right? And those teams are in the playoffs. Like, it just happened with Yamamoto. The Steve Cohen effect is a real thing. Steve Cohen is getting used in free agency by these agents to drop the price. So I think if all things are equal with the money, and right? we just saw with the Dodgers, and these players can say, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go here. I don't win this year. That's guaranteeing the playoffs. Versus, I'm, I don't, I don't I'm gonna come to the Mets to see the vision you're building. Like the the choice Yamamoto just made. It was he was like. He got the, the same money from both teams, but he said, I want to win right now. So I think if the Met, if the Mets aren't competitive this year, and I'm talking like within a game of being in the playoffs, they're going to have some problems in free agency next year. That's my take. I, I don't necessarily buy that. I also don't. I have no idea what to think of the manager. He might be great. He might not. I have no idea. I think well, that's a, a work yeah. in progress. I mean, if, if, you, know, you, you know, that maybe you know the guy better than me, but if, if he's anything like Aaron Boone, then you know we're looking at some mediocrity. <laughs> I well, I disagree with you there, but uh, because but Aaron Boone, that. maybe he's great at managing. I don't think he's allowed to do what he wants to do as much as he wants. I think you know he is doing what is being told of him by people in the front office, and I think that's the way Mendoza saw work, and that's the way I think Mendoza is going to do it. So I don't know. You know, the only thing the manager can control right now in the game with these new, this new breed of manager is the clubhouse. And is the clubhouse going to gel? And, you know, is everybody's attitude going to stay in check? Is he going to get the respect of the rookie manager who didn't play in the majors? I don't know. But the only thing I can tell you about the thing I really don't like about Carlos Mendoza is look at the last three World Series winning managers. They're all over the age of 64. They're all veterans <laughs> of experience. Okay, and so that's why you wanted Buck. Yeah, I wanted Buck back. You know, Bochi just won. Snicker won two years ago. Dusty Baker won the year before. Yeah, I would have took Joe Joe Madden. Like I just, you know, I I wanted a veteran guy in here. And if you were going to go to the first time route, I thought the guy that I would have went with. I would have said, let's try this again to Carlos Beltran. I thought that would have been a, a nice fit there. Uh, but listen, I could I could go on and on here. Enough of my negative energy. Mark, this has been great. Please let everybody know where they can find you and your work, your podcast as well. Sure. Uh, Mark A. Simon says on Twitter, um, you can go to sportsinfosolutions.com to read the articles that I write. And I also uh, tweet from SIS underscore baseball. For those unfamiliar, 
Sports Info Solutions is the company that does the Fielding Bible Awards. We're the folks that invented defensive runs saved. We um, sell analytics and tools to roughly 20 of the major league teams. Mm. And uh, and yeah, that's that's right. where you can find me in my work. That sounds great. I think David Stearns, if you're listening, unless I know, Alex Cohen, she's, she shared videos of our podcast, her Instagram story before. So maybe if she's watching this, David She'll Stearns. harp on your negativity and my David positivity. David Stearns, call Mark. Mark's going to get everything all right and worked out here for the New York Mets. Everybody, make sure you're following Believe in the Mets on all social media platforms. And, of course, YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment at B-L-E-A-V-I-N-T-H-E-M-E-T-S. Believe in the Mets. I am on Twitter, A-K-X, at Nick underscore Durst, on Instagram, and Nick's food and stuff. And until next time, everybody, let's hope for the best. And let's go Mets. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.